Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to The Pete and Sebastian Show on the Riotcast Network. Riotcast.com. This is The Pete and Sebastian Show with Pete Corielli and Sebastian Maniscalco. Vice Head Biscuit, it's Jimmy from Boston. Now, I've left over, what, 200 ball-busting messages? I mean, everybody knows I enjoy giving you boys some shit. Although, let's be honest, I mean, most of the opinions that spew out of my mouth are complete bullshit and exaggeration in the name of comedy. That was until I heard Biscuit admit that he has to hold his nose when he jumps into a pool. Fucking guy, 42 years old, and he has to hold his nose jumping into a body of water. Holy shit. It is so embarrassingly fascinating. I mean, the, the fucking guy holds his nose. I Only you, kid. Only you. Right only you. Pete and Sebastian show finally back, man. Sorry for all this. I mean, to the to the listeners, we apologize. Uh, to you, bro. Sorry for not. You know, we we kept missing each other. But whatever with all that. What's up? How no, are you? No reason to apologize because I think the reason. Uh, why that this didn't happen after you tell this story the people are gonna forget about that we didn't go on that, uh, last week uh, let's jump right into this and let me set it up <laughs> let me set it up uh, we had uh, I got a text this was last week uh, Pete couldn't do the uh, podcast or the show when we had uh, originally planned because uh, he was going to go to the Billy Joel concert. Now, yes. uh, as we well know, uh, Pete is a huge Billy Joel fan, and uh, and I don't even know if I should even tease it with any more than that, but I, I want you to take us through how this happened and where it went throughout the night. All right, all right. Now, I'll just I'll just tell you the facts because some of it's not very exciting, other than the fact that it was what you know what it was. But so we get into work, right? And then uh, halfway through the day, maybe around eleven in the morning, there's a little patio area, and Kevin's out there with uh, one of the producers. And they go, uh, hey, Kevin, Kevin James uh, wants to see everybody out, outside, all the writers. So we go out there, and he's like, hey, man, uh, I want to take you all to the Billy Joel concert tonight, right? <laughs> so, so right away, dude, it's so funny when you marry, especially when you marry, and then you have a kid, and, and that they're out here and, you know, with nothing going on. I mean, my daughter's having a great time. Jackie's making it work. But, you know, she's away from friends and family. So you get this, you know, news. Hey, you want to go see Billy Joel tonight? And I, I felt bad in the moment because I go, wow, cool, man. Billy Joel, it's cool. 
And then I slowly just faded away and went out a door because now I got to make phone calls. I don't even know if I'm allowed. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not like you're 18. You're like, fuck yeah, start the car. So, and I know there was probably a part of Kevin going, what the hell's with this guy? He's supposed to be the biggest Billy Joel fan. He barely says thank you and then slugs out of the room, man. So... So I go and I call Jackie and, you know, of course she's cool and she's like, go and have a good time. But there is a part of it like, glad you're having fun. I'm like, Jack, we're working all day. She's like, guy, you're writing with uh, Kevin James. Cry me a river. You're having a ball and I'm, I'm proud for you and I'm happy for you. But, you know, it's just like so. Uh, but the beauty of that is, you know, she did say go and, and, and have nice time and stuff. And she goes, are you coming home, though? Can you at least come home for a few minutes before you go? And I go, well, I got to come home, man, because I got to take the train from over there. I got to change and, you know, this and that. So I go back inside and I say, hey, thanks again, man. Really looking forward to it. So then at the end of the day, uh, Bruce is letting us get out a little bit early. Everyone's excited. A lot of people going to the concert. Um, let, me cut then, you, let me cut you off here. How many yeah, guys anytime. Are, how many guys are going to go to this thing? Well, there was about eight or nine writers around. Like some of them were had the cold and were out, and then some of them just had no interest in Billy Joel. So, you know, it really it ended up being I think like eight of us. Okay, so but eight, he didn't have eight, he didn't have tickets altogether though. This is what I didn't realize until later on. Okay. So so then, all right, I'm going to go catch a train, go home and change, and then one of the producers, great guy, Rocky Rock, comes over to me and he goes. Uh, Hey, listen though, we're gonna we're gonna go in with Kev. We're gonna drive in with Kev, and uh, you're gonna get to meet Billy Joel before the show. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, holy shit! So so he goes. So we're just gonna go from here. Now you know when you write, bro. Like I got on dirty jeans, a sweatshirt, and a pair of sneakers. So I'm like, I I can't meet Billy Joel in his outfits. This is unacceptable. <laughs> but now my hands are tied. You know, beggars can't be choosers, and I'm so psyched. And, and, you know, I, I just want to make perfectly clear, too, as far as being able to meet him, he couldn't bring, I guess, ev all eight people at once back there. Yeah. Uh, plus, you know, I guess, you know, Billy is going to plan on stopping by to check out the studio at some time, so, so people will meet him. It, and, and it's certainly not, I want to make this clear, because in case people listen, certainly not like, hey, Pete's doing the best writing, because, I mean, I'm, you know, these people are all fantastic. It's just simply everybody knows uh, how much I love Billy Joel. So so that's why, you know, he's like, come with us, we'll go in the back way, and we'll get to meet him. So now we're driving in the car, and then my phone rings, and it's, oh, and now I tell Jackie, I leave a text saying I can't even get home. And she's like, yeah, you can't even get home for a minute. Ah, but, but, all right, all right, have fun, you know. And then I'm driving in the car, and the phone rings, and it's her again. And she goes, hey, I just want to say, seriously, man, have a great time. You deserve it. And you know what it's like? It's like when Adrian wakes up from the coma and goes, I have one thing to say. Win, you know? And I hang up, and Rock is driving the car, and he goes, you got the call? I'm like, I got the call. I got the call. What are we waiting for? <laughs> so... So we go, right? And, you know, you go through backstage and, you know, and, and Kevin's like such a down-to-earth guy that you almost kind of forget until you're around a lot of other people because you're just around them all day with writers and people at work on the show. And then when you're in public, you kind of have that moment where you're like, oh, right, I forgot. He's a movie star, you know? <laughs> and people are like, holy shit, it's the guy. Oh, it's the guy. 
It was me, Kevin, and two other guys on the show. So we all go in, and uh, and then you know you're in this green room hanging out. No, no, not not where Billy Joel is. And uh, but where's it's like the con- a, where's it, the concert? It's at Madison Square Garden. Oh, okay. Yeah, which I would imagine by the end of the show you're going to be telling me you have dates there yourself. <laughs> <laughs> So every time you want to pop that out, you want to segue right off of this. I'm literally watching Billy Joel go, God damn, he's going to be playing here soon. I know it. Just, I can see you from all those people just going, orangey. I mean, I'm already forgetting it. Bro, I'm practicing the speech, by the way, which I got to get into with you. Um, so anyway, so you go in his green room and like, uh, there's some, uh, not many other people there, but like Judd Apatow was there and... Uh, and, and, and really, that's kind of it and the people he was with. And, and he's a nice guy. He plays the comedy cellar, so I've, I've seen him, like, just the night before or something, I saw him at the cellar. So, you know, mm-hmm. um, and he's just a big Billy Joel fan. So then finally, dude, the door opens and in comes the God, the God, <laughs> Billy Joel, black T-shirt, black jeans, Met hat on, which is a little off-putting, but what are you going to do? <laughs> Uh, being a Yankee fan and he sits down in the chair hey how you doing guys you know and he shakes everybody's hand just I can't even tell you what a regular guy he is and you know him and Kevin are like super tight so they're just you know hey Billy what's up blah 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 and and Kevin was so cool because he's like you know I'm standing there and I say hi and the first thing I said when I shook his hand is I go uh hey uh real real pleasure to meet you I mean just such a huge fan and Looking forward to seeing you tonight for about the 15th time, you know? Mm-hmm. He's like, great, great. You know, and, and right away, he was probably like, guy, what do you think that was like? First time I heard that intro. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you, did you plan that or was that just impromptu? Well, the big thing I promised myself was I wasn't going to say uh, big fan because he probably hears it all the time. And then I opened with it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> But I felt like, what else am I going to say? Am I going to go, hey, Billy, good to see you. You love any egg sandwiches being back on the island? I know you were in Florida for a while. Then he's going to go, look at this knucklehead. You think you can connect with me with Long Island food? You know? It's just be honest what it is. So, but then, you know, he sits down and uh, I'm standing and there's like an empty chair across from him. And Kevin, again, like I'm saying, so cool. He goes, well, sit down, Pete, sit down, you know? So I sit down and... Right away, uh, I bring up uh, a concert. I saw him at Ch- oh oh Tony Bennett. He goes Tony Bennett's his 90th birthday, 90th birthdays tonight. So Tony's coming out to sing a song, and uh, got to go back in a little while and talk with Tony, talk out the song, you know. And uh, and then somebody goes, wow, 90, and and um, should be interesting. And I go, not Billy, someone else said that. And I go, hey man, I saw him when he sang with you at Shea. He was fantastic. And Billy's like, yeah yeah. I go, that was. That was some show, man. You were three hours in, and you're, and you're still playing. And we've had all those people come out, and it's hot. And he goes, yeah, it was really hot. And I go, and you're still playing. And I'm, like, whispering to my wife, going, somebody's coming. We're waiting for somebody. And, and that means because we were waiting for Paul McCartney, which we didn't know who was coming, but it was like, there's no reason not to wrap this concert up, and he's still going. Yeah. And, and then Billy goes, yeah, man, it was, I didn't even know McCartney was coming. They literally, all of a sudden, I'm playing, and they come over, and they go, the eagle has landed. I'm like, what? And they go, yeah. I'm a, he goes, because Paul told me he couldn't make it. And I was like, okay. 
And then he surprised me. He said, well, make it. He landed at Kennedy. They gave him a police escort. I go, I know. And then he came out, and Billy's like, yeah, he came out with the guitar. And I'm like, the same guitar that he came out to Shea with when he first came with the Beatles. And he literally yells out, I brought my same guitar from the last time. I go, and Billy, I got to say, man, when you were sitting on the piano with your feet hanging over and just swaying back and forth to let it be, I felt like you felt like that was the final chapter in this insane career. And he's like, yeah, it was a hell of a night, you know? And I'm not saying it's because of that, bro, because it's not. It's because of him and his friendship with Kevin. But it was right around that point that his awesome wife, who was also so nice, she's like, we're going out to dinner after the show. Why don't you join us? I'm like, holy shit, what are we doing? (laughs) Bro, bro, if the Pope called right after that and said, you want to have dinner with me after the concert? I'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm tied up, guy. I'm tied up. I'm with my real Pope. <laughs> so you're thinking the the connection you had with him uh, at Shea and that story perked the interest of the wife to lead into the dinner invite? No, no. The dinner invite was totally because they got a real close friendship with Kevin. And, you know, truth be told, if they had a choice, politely, they would have probably said, can you bag the luggage? <laughs> <laughs> and come by yourself but everybody was so kind in the room that no one was doing that I just think my my discussion about the Shea show with him maybe gave him the incentive to uh, go you know what it's alright if they tag along they seem relatively normal <laughs> that's all I'm saying as opposed to saying I met you at MacArthur Airport I was 18 years old I rubbed your head I was so excited you know I, <laughs> but anyway so then the show starts, and uh, and this was what was so awesome, dude. I told you before that I'm really good friends with uh, the guitarist from Billy Joel's band. Yeah. And I'm also friendly with the majority of the band, the drummer, the, the horn player, the guitarist. So during, after Billy left and we're all still hanging out backstage, I go over to the other room where the band is. And right away, it was great, too, man. They're all like, Petey, what's up? And then they see Kevin, and they're like, fucking Corielli's nuts. And I'm like, oh, this is nice. This is nice. And, uh, and the guitarist uh, is, like, such a sweetheart of a guy. And we're chatting for a while. He's like, I was looking for you. They told me you were here. And I'm like, and I got your text. And, and then, uh, you know, I'm like, have a great show, blah, blah, blah. And it just, you know, it felt nice to, like, be like, all right. Because, you know, I told these guys that I know the guys yeah. in the band. So it felt good to. And then. I'm saying this to you because as a performer, you totally know what was going on here, and it was such a nice gesture. So at the end of everything, Billy's gone, everyone's gone, show's about to start any minute, and and we're in this dressing room, and you can go right off the dressing room, you go right through the tunnel, and we stood right next to the stage the whole show. I mean, at one point, Kevin James, like, went on the stage, bro, banging out with Billy Joel up there, and they're like... Wait, 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 where's the seats? I don't even know, because we didn't even go sit in them. They were, they were literally like, we were front row, I mean, center, uh, I think they were like five rows back, center floor. But we never even walked over to them, we just stayed off to the side, literally sitting on the uh, cases that you put the equipment in, all the speakers and shit, just sitting on them. I'm next to Kevin James there singing Heart Attack, ack, 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 you want to know by now. It was insane. And, you know, the guitarist, he's like, come over to my side of the stage. It's more exciting, you know, he says to me before the show. So it was like, great, right? But anyway, 
So it's right before the show is going to go on, and it's just the four of us left in the green room. Even Judd has gone, I think, or maybe he was still there. But the door's closed, and we're going to go check out the show in a second. And all of a sudden, it's locked, and there's a, a knock on the door. Someone's trying to get in. So I get up, and I open it up, and it's Tommy Burns, the guitarist, again, from Billy Joel. And he's literally just about to hit the stage, and he yeah. goes... Get over here, man. Just wanted to give you one more big hug before I get up there. Great to see you, you know? And we uh, hug it out. And you know that was just his way of saying, let me let his friends know that he's got some love. You know what I mean? Uh, like, like, what a yeah. gesture. What a gesture. <laughs> <laughs> I was moved, man. <laughs> so, so, great show. Show ends. Got no voice left. Love it. Had a few brewskis. Uh, now we're going to go meet Billy Joel for dinner. Oh, so we get in the car. We get in the car. I'm not really paying attention where we're going, you know. We go over to some quiet little beautiful Italian restaurant. We go inside. Wait, wait, wait. So, you don't know the name? Well, I'll get to that in a second. Oh, okay. We go inside. There's a little table. Table, round table, seats about maybe max eight people. You know, like yeah. real, you know, intimate, but you know, and there he is, Billy Joel sitting there with his lovely wife. And you know who's sitting right next to him that I didn't even know I was about to dine with? Oh, man. Chaz Palmateri. Oh, wow. <laughs> and the restaurant was Chaz. I think it's Chaz. You can Google that shit. I'm not sure, but it's Chaz Palmateri's restaurant. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm like, oh, here we go. Little Bronx tail to the left. Little piano man to the right. So, you know, oh. you go in and you and we sit down. Hey, nice to see you. How you doing? And, you know, like Chaz had his wife and Billy had his wife and, and stuff. So I really didn't chat with them much. But I did say early on when we sat down, we're all saying hi. I go, uh. I gotta say, Billy, I mean, can it be addressed here? Great show, baby. Great show. Never let me down, you know? And he's like, oh, thank you. Because, you know, it's almost like that completely gets lost, even though everybody knows everybody had a great time. I yeah. feel like every performer still likes to hear it. And, and, you know, there was a lot of small talk about food, and, you know, just basic stuff. Just a nice guy. I mean, I brought up something about, man, you know, as you get older, as these songs get older and you, and you start banging them out, it's amazing to see. Like at one point you go, this one's from 1978. And I'm thinking to myself, this song's 40 years old and we all know it, even the young, you know? So there was a little of that, but he was across the table and it was mostly small talk and I didn't want to overstep my bounds. It was just so exciting, you know, to be there and like surreal. And then at the end of the night, I, I you know, I had a few in me. <laughs> and we all and we all go outside and that they're waiting for the car. They're waiting for the car. And I see Billy Joel standing there and he's about to get in his car. He's waiting for his people. And thank God I didn't do this, bro. There's a song of his from his first album that no one would know, but there's a great bridge in the song where he goes, Oh my, I'm going to the river, gonna take a ride, and the Lord will deliver me. And it's his whole thing, and nobody knows it but me. And I'm like, I wonder if I went up and recited that to him right now. <laughs> if he'd be like, we need to do coffee. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but 
cooler heads prevailed, and I went up to him, and I'm still not proud of this, but I did say, you, you let me know, bro, because I'm, I'm, I'm overthinking it. What do you think? I go up to him because he's got the Met hat back on, but I know he, you know, plays Yankee Stadium. He talks about the Yankees. So I go up and I go, so Billy, I got to ask, what is it, man? Is it, are, we, are we Yankees or Mets? What are we doing? And uh, he goes, honestly, whoever's winning at the time, you know? And I go, hey, yeah, no, hey, I mean, I'm a Jeter fan. I'm a Yankee fan, but since Jeter's been gone, just haven't been able to get back on the horse. And he goes, yeah, no, that was a tough one to lose, you know? And I could feel like, uh, okay, get out of here, get out of here. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, man, take care. Thanks again. Great show. And I'm out, and I'm out. And I don't think that was too bad. Was that too bad? I, were you waiting for, like, an exchange of numbers? No, I, you know what it was, bro? If I just dined with somebody else and they were, because we, I was waiting for the car to come around. He was waiting for the car. I felt like it would have been weirder not to say anything. I mean, I just dined with you. We're both kind of standing here. Granted, I designed it that way, but we're still both kind of standing here. <laughs> did, did uh, I got to rewind at the dinner. Did he throw any questions at you was, or was it all you talking to him? Was it, hey, so, Pete, I hear you're a comedian. Was there any any of that? No, it wasn't any of that, but it really wasn't the place for that. I was across the table, and, you know, he was really with Chaz Palmateri and their wives, and, you know, of course, Kevin, a small talk and stuff, but no. And they do say that about him. They're like, man, you know, if he comes by the studio, he's such a regular guy. I'll be like, what do you do? Where do you live? You know? And and that was the thing that blew me away the most is is the just what a regular guy and then when we took a photo together you can't see it in the one i sent you because i got it zoomed in there but he even put the arm around the waist you know oh, he, he, he wasn't one of those guys that's like hey all right you know when you take a photo with someone famous and you're doing the lean in they they don't move at all they're like i'm gonna stand right here you do and you do the lean in and put your hand behind their back the little yeah, half yeah. behind and it clearly looks like that person can't wait to split now Billy gives you the little Long Island hug right around the waist. I'm like, this guy's awesome. <laughs> Here's a line of lines, too. When we're in the green room, after Billy Joe leaves, I go, I look over at uh, Kevin and I go, uh, and, you know, I'm being sarcastic, but I go, I think Billy Joel could sense that he was in the presence of his biggest fan in the world. <laughs> and Kevin pauses and goes, the whole room could sense that. <laughs> <laughs> dream come true yeah and it's funny too because you know uh then there's small talk i guess one of the other guys on the show was a producer was like yeah there's small talk about chad said you know we'd love to if, if we they invited him to be on the sitcom he's like yeah give me a call i'd love to do something on that you know and i'm like wow that's awesome but they go they were telling me man i can't tell you how many times you know when you're on a show you'll run into somebody you know, somewhere, and they go, yeah, we'll be on your show, definitely, and then you call the agent, and the agent's like, yeah, there's no way he's doing that fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you get your fingers crossed, but you never know. What, so, yeah, uh, man. What, um, did Palminteri stay at the table the whole dinner? He stayed at the table. You would have loved it, dude. Chip off the old block. He stayed at the old at the table. All the food that was brought out no one ordered anything. He just did all suggestions. Mm. Then when it was out, he would point and tell you what it is and to try some with this and add that and have that. Fantastic. Can't recommend the place enough, man. Nicely, dimly lit. Good. Everyone was having wine, but I was having my Peronis. 
Uh, yeah, and just yeah. fantastically nice people, man. I was uh, a really lucky, fun night, man. And so cool of Kevin to uh, hook me up. All right, next question. Yeah. Was there a bill? And who, pay- who paid? No. No bill. No, I, 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 didn't, I didn't see, I mean, nothing came my way, but I didn't see any bill come in any direction from anybody. No. I did, did not see that. Did you say it all after to Kevin, hey, man, um, need some money for that? Or was there, it, it was just on the arm that nobody cared about where the, who paid? Or I, I'm just always fascinated on a dinner like that, especially when it's another celebrity's restaurant. Is there, what's, what's happening? With, with, yeah. the, with the bill? <laughs> with the bill. Was well, there a tip I, given to the waitress? You know what it is? First of all, it was really late at night, so it's not even like the restaurant was crowded anymore. So I I think it's more along the lines of like, you know, as that happens to you more and more as the career goes on, I think it's more like uh, just sort of like, hey, look at it as if I, uh, you know, you came over to my house late night and I cooked you a little something. You know what I mean? I I don't think it's like you're getting the restaurant experience in the sense that you'll be getting a a check now. It's, come on over, I'll keep it open late. We'll whip something up nice, we'll have a good time. You know, it's just, nah, come on over. It's just a gesture. I don't think you bring out money. Maybe to the, but to the people waiting on you, you probably tip. Got it. I guess, but I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, come on, man. No one was going to ask me. It would have looked ridiculous. Hey, you you need a 20? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I had two, I had two Peronis and a couple of uh, tomatoes with the mozzarella on top, man. <laughs> oh so, man! So yeah. who's, he, who's Billy Joel married to? Uh, no, I don't, I, I don't know the woman personally. I mean, it's not like a is she a celebrity? Um, I don't know. I don't want to speak out of turn here, but I didn't know her. But she's really nice, man. Also down to earth. So really cool. Yeah, so it was great. It was great, man. I didn't know if I was going to go into this this week, but I went ahead and listened to last week's cast. Yeah, I know where you're going with this. Go ahead, go ahead. Lou introduced an impersonation of you and I. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A bit of an exaggeration at the very least. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Guy, a bit of an exaggeration would be my agent calling me and tell me, Pete, you should go back on the boat. It's going to be great for your career. That's a bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> My thoughts exactly. Now, don't get me wrong. Anybody who's a fan out there, I want to go ahead and thank you for your listenership. So specifically, though, these two guys, Eric and Julian, first of all, thank you. Second of all, please go outside and take a walk. We got a lot to get into. I don't know when you're going to have to leave again. So what's up? What have you been up to? Did you... uh... Would you have a show last week on the top of the Eiffel Tower? <laughs> what else have you done amazingly? Well, well, well deserved. I want to get into, um, I had a physical 
for the first time in, I'd say, five years. I almost pull, pulled a uh, Mrs. Coriali here. Uh, I know your mother's not a big doctor person, neither am I, but Lana <laughs> recently had went into this doctor, and she had suggested, you know what, you should just get a checkup. You just turned 43, I think maybe, you know, just to, to be preventative. Yeah. yeah. Because I'm always, I always got a thing. If I go to the doctor, he going to find something. And now I got another thing. I got to, that's on my plate, right? I'd rather just go in when something hurts. I'd rather not go in and like just for a check. Because you hear that all the time. Oh, my God, he went in for a checkup. They told him he's got three days to live. I, yeah. So I said, okay, right. I'll go. All right. You got to go. What are you going to do? You don't drive your car until the oil dries out I and the know, engine burns. I know. I All know. right. So this guy she uh, goes to is one of these doctors that's uh, a talking head on uh, TV shows when they need medical advice. They go to this guy. Oh, really? So this guy's like a like a celebrity doctor. Like right. the type of guy, if I said, listen, I can't come in on Wednesday, I'm doing Fallon, he would say, yeah, Thursday, I'm doing Conan, so that ain't going to work. You know, like, <laughs> 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 uh, but isn't that your whole world? I mean, even the people you buy your cookies from, so they can end up on Oprah, right? I mean, the candle lady. <laughs> Lana don't do ordinary, man. That's not how Lana rolls. <laughs> So awesome. We got a we got a nickname for this guy. She was she said that when she went in, the guy is attractive. He's like uh he's a good looking guy. So we've nicknamed him Hot Doc. <laughs> <laughs> so I go in. Now have you have you seen him be, up until this point face to face? I know you've seen him on TV and pictures, but have you seen him no, yet, ever? No, I haven't seen All him right. yet. Oh, so now you got it, right? You're already going. It's like someone telling you this movie's the best thing you'll see, and you're like, this movie's not even going to be close. <laughs> 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 so I go in, and uh, I'm sitting on that, uh, you know, that table. It's a typical doctor's uh, uh, room, whatever you call it. And he comes in. I've never seen a doctor look like this. First of all, he's glowing. He looks like a ray of health. He's yeah. tan. He's got white teeth. And here's the topper. He's got long hair. Have you ever <laughs> seen a doctor with a mane of hair? Oh, man. What's this guy's name? I might I, I might know this doctor. I, I can't tell you on, on the cast. I'll tell you uh, off cast. I, sounds like a guy I may have done a... a, a thing with where they tried to film a show to try and sell but anyway um this sounds like total <laughs> soap opera doctor bro oh yeah like uh, what's his name from uh mcdreamy what was so that what does he do when he operates has he got to put it up in a man bun <laughs> i'm like because it'll dangle down right well I don't know what he does i don't know if he even does it's just internal medicine he, i don't even know if he does surgeries 
But based on the tan and the teeth and the coiffed hair, coiffed hair, was there a part of you like, how did we not run into each other somewhere? <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> right? Like at the salon. I mean, this is a man of, uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe getting a manicure. I can't believe we never crossed paths coming in around the spray place, baby. <laughs> All right, so, is he better? Do you, I mean, you're going to be humble and say he's better looking than you, but I gotta, I gotta, I gotta see this for myself. No, this guy is stunning. Yeah, right. this guy is stunning. So he he goes, let's go in my office and we'll we'll talk. So we go in his office and we sit down on a leather tufted couch. Yeah, and then he sits on the opposite side. It's like a beautiful, like, office. It's like a lounge. He's got his laptop sitting on his lap, and he just starts firing questions at me. Were you like, uh, you feel on the couch looking at him go, you take Medicaid budgets? <laughs> I mean, the only thing that was missing was a glass of Cabernet. <laughs> oh, Jesus, this guy. I'd love to know where he went to school, man. Oh God, I don't even know. I mean, the looks alone is is the degree for me. This guy was his father was a doctor. This guy's got oh, it's got it in man. his blood. Man, oh man. So this is great. So you sit down. I sit down, and he starts firing questions at me, and and these are questions that are you know personal. It's almost like these types of questions that doctors ask you almost want to lie because it's like you don't want to act like you do anything bad he's like so how many times a week do you drink and i'm sitting there i go i'm down in at least two glasses a night of wine but do i want to tell him that so yeah two glasses of wine a night but you know it's not a problem or anything you know (laughs) i gotta i gotta i gotta validate every answer Oh, yeah, you ever do that stuff where, like, uh, you lie? Like, they'll say, you know, how often do you blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, oh, not that often. Just because in my head, I'm like, it, th- it doesn't matter if I do or not that thing, guy. Don't even worry about that. <laughs> so, so I, I, yeah, but, yeah, you, you give, you know, because they give you that poker face, right? You say two glasses of wine, and he's not going, oh, it's not bad. But he's also not going, well, you should pull it back, right? He's just, like, ne- just nothing, right? Poker. Well- well, actually, you go, I go, two glasses of wine. He goes, don't worry about the wine. It's good for the heart. And I'm like, oh, all right, cool. I'll have three tonight. So there you go. He was, you know, you know, fishing. So I call it fishing for like uh, almost like a roadmap of where this is going to lead. You know, you would ask, uh, how many times do you exercise a week? Karen, I go, five. Okay, uh, any problems going to the bathroom? Do you wake up to go to the bathroom at night? And I'm like, I don't know. Would you consider five in the morning, night? I mean, what's is that <laughs> nighttime? Is that if I get up at five a.m. to piss? Are we looking at prostate cancer? What is it? <laughs> I, well, what you, how, how often do you piss in the night? Just once at five a.m.? I say no. I'd say listen. I get up maybe around late or early or early morning four. Five o'clock to take a piss? Is that a problem? In your eyes? No. Do, you, do you get up no. to take a piss? I, I piss like two, three times in a night, man. I really do. But yeah, then I, there are other nights where I don't think I pissed at all. I don't really, I mean, even when I'm working now, a lot of guys, as we get older, they, they're all worried about how much they're pissing. Don't even worry about it, man. We're drinking more than we used to with the coffee and shit. Come on. Well, that, that too. You know, I go, well, you know, sometimes I do get up at 2 o'clock in the morning to go take a piss, but I'm like, I fucking down a gallon of water. It's got to come out sometime, right? Yeah, of course. 
Why, why is it all of a sudden a problem if you get up in the middle of the night to take a piss, but if you piss at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, that's okay? I mean... I don't know. Is there, any, mean, what, what? is there any time during the day, an eight-hour span, that you don't go to, to the bathroom? No. No. If you said to the doctor, I don't, get, I don't pee at all through the night, and then he'll go, okay, and then you pause and go, but I pee 32 times during the day. <laughs> <laughs> is he going to go, oh, that's fine, as long as the sun's out, as long as the sun's out. <laughs> but you're, just, you're giving the facts, though, right, bro? He's there to help you. He's there to help you. Yeah, just giving him the facts, telling him about my lifestyle. He's like, do you eat any vegetables? And it's like one of those questions where, you know, it's not like I'm cooking broccoli every night, but when we go out, yeah, there's something green on the t- on the, on the plate. Uh, you know, he's like, what kind of vegetable? I don't know, carrots, I guess, are there. Some snap peas every once in a while. So he's got me thinking, do I need to add, you know, some more vegetables to the diet? Should I have a radish every once in a while? Anyway, I'm giving him the info. So he goes in the room and he goes, and I thought this was a little uh, odd choice of words. He goes, can you get in your undershorts? Just, you ever call it undershorts? No, but... I think I do like that a little more than underwear. Underwear, I'd be like, eh, that's a little, you know, provocative. I don't know. I think think undershorts is 1948, maybe? I I, I, I feel more comfortable with undershorts. I mean, what would you you want him to say instead of undershorts? If he had to tell you he needs you to be, to take everything off, what would you prefer he said? I I just, uh, just, I'm going to leave the room. Uh, Could you please get in your underwear? Well, that's a little ew. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you think in your underwear? I feel like I I think you're wrong. I think you're wrong. All right, you said undershorts. I thought. What do you got going, by the way? What do you got going on the underwear in this position? Are you? uh, I got a black Calvin Klein uh, boxer brief on. Really? Okay, like like biker shorts, like biker shorts. Yeah, yeah, perfectly acceptable. So he comes in and he does the. what do you call that thing that has the red rubber on it where you hit your elbow? You know that thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got this thing. And he, and he the hits, reflex thing. Yeah, the reflex thing. It pops it on the two elbows. Then he pops it on, like, the knees. And then he feels my pulse. So he's got it. Like, I'm, I'm sitting on that little bed with the uh, little uh, paper napkin, whatever it is. And he's standing, so he bends down to touch my uh, pulse on my ankles. And on the way up, his hair got in his face. He had to flip it back. He did a flip back on the hair on the way up. I'm going, oh, man. (laughs) Guy had a little Fabio moment coming up from the ankle. The pulse. Wow, man! What I never heard of the pulse being taken from the ankle before. Yeah, I, 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 didn't, was, I didn't even ask why that was. I just think I it know was, why. I know why. Why? Because it gives him the opportunity <laughs> to do the half flip. If he's just doing it from the wrist, although if he does it from the wrist, then when he pulls the hand away from the oh, wrist, you he there. can put the hand in front of the hair and do the throwback. <laughs> 
Oh man! <laughs> so he does a, he does an ankle pulse take, which is a, suspect. Yeah, ankle pulse take, and then you know checks for. You know, he tells me to lay down. He you know moves my stomach around, checks my thyroid around the neck, does the ear thing with the light in the ear, uh, eyeballs. You know, just a general physical. Now he tells me to stand and take down my undershorts. All right. Yeah, which sounds way better than take down your underwear, cutie. (laughs) (laughs) Now, at this point, I had no idea what condition my dick was in. I just had no idea. Oh, bro. I got to tell you this, man. All right, man. We're going down cum dump alley right now? No, no, no. I didn't know, like, I didn't know. uh, No, that time, that time on the show I'm talking about, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) That was the dirtiest the show's ever gone. I know, man. We went in the toilet. All right. So anyway, you you don't know. What are we talking like? uh, What do you mean by that? Okay. So I take... I'm talking size. I take down my pants, and my dick is the smallest I've ever seen it. That's... Dude, that's great. I can't even believe... No, bro. As you were taking down your undershorts in front of a man, that you were concerned about having proper size. I wasn't wasn't concerned about it, but when I saw it, I almost had to apologize for it. I'm getting over a cold, excuse me. (laughs) It, and, and I... It was a mushroom cap. Was, hey, hey, listen. Bro, it was embarrassing. It doesn't matter what it's doing inside the shell. It's matter when it comes out. What, what it, we're talking, listen. I mean, I, I, Jimmy from Boston is just getting, he's taking notes right now. None of us know how to take this. I think that's better. I would love to just have nothing but a hubcap when he pulls down my pants. <laughs> right? That way you'd be like, guy, I just want you to know your hair is doing nothing for no. me. I, I get it. I get it. But this is this raises the question. There's got to be some type of happy medium when you pull down. It, it, it was almost like a, I was going to say, bro, It. I mean... It, this is unheard of. I've never seen it like this before. That thing looked so bad. It was terrible. Well, I tell you, though, it's, it's reasons like this, though, that, which is why when people, like, you know, why all celebrities go to the same doctor or the same dentist, it's, it's because there's a trust factor, man. And that's why that doctor has the velvet couch with the feathers on it or whatever else he has, because he's not at a cocktail party right now going, oh, you know the Orangina guy? Oh, my God. I, I swear, guess- if... If you just saw the dick, you'd think he was Chinese. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He had a that fan dick. Oh, is that a... Is that a I don't even know. <laughs> oh, shit. I've oh, never that's seen it go in like apologize. that before. Anyway, I'm sitting yeah. there, and he's t- you know doing the whole testicular cancer test. At this point, I'm not even worried about the cancer. If he, if he found it down there, I'd go, all right, fuck, I got the cancer. But what do we do about the dick size? Um, oh, damn, man. Oh, man. man. Oh, man. I'm that's, telling you, man. That's, that's worse it. than the Chinese slur I just threw out. 
So, can I open my speech for you tomorrow with that? This is a man who's more concerned with having a big dick than cancer. Ladies and gentlemen, comedian of the year. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, God. So, anyway. So, clean bill of health, man. So, now he takes the blood, he takes the urine. It's another thing with the urine. I, I pee into a cup and generally, or, you know, we, we don't pee into a cup. That's not what we do. Your piss marries with the toilet water, and then your color of your piss is kind of whatever it is mixed with water. I never look at my piss concentrated in a cup before. So I'm like, all right, all right. You know, like, you know, it's like I have a lot of vitamins, so sometimes it comes out neon. Sometimes it comes out white because I'm hydrated. Yeah. But, but you know, you give the piss to the front the front desk there, and there's, like, other people's, like, urine they got kind of on a shelf there that have to go into the lab. Yeah. You ever look? I, I, I looked at one urine. I go, what the fuck? Did, it's brown. What the fuck oh. is that guy got? What are you doing? You're looking at other people's piss, man. What the fuck? You goes right no over the woman's head. No doctor etiquette, bro. What? You don't have good. Yeah, you don't have good doctor etiquette. You haven't been there in five years, man. This is like uh, you don't. Uh, it's if, personal. If, if there was five urine cups there, you wouldn't look at the piss. <laughs> <laughs> you give a good amount because they only need a little, but I always oh, give I them more than a little. Man. I feel, I feel like they up. appreciate that. Yeah, right, right up to the top. Leave a little head on it, like a little beer head. <laughs> You handed it in go now. That's a good pour right there, honey. <laughs> so wow, oh, man, you got you got the full soup to nuts. The blood, the reflect, uh, the the the, the, the re- whatever the, reflex thing, the the um, piss. Yeah. The uh, did they did they go? Did he go south, man? No, he said he don't. I don't need it. No, huh? No, he goes, uh, based on what you told me, I don't think you need anything. Plus, the blood work is going to determine whether or not your prostate is healthy or not. So, Well, well based on what you told us, Sebastian, I'm surprised you didn't just request it, to be honest with you. No, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, 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 no. We're here now. We may as well. We may as well. <laughs> We're here. We're here. <laughs> Uh, he's just giving he's giving you that look as he brushes his hair back. Why don't we both just give ourselves something to look forward to? What do you say, fella? <laughs> so anyway, yo, oh, you recommend God. this guy though? Soup to nuts, good doc. So the weekend goes by and he calls me Monday with the results. So he calls me and this is Doctor So and So. Right off the bat, I go, "Am I dying? Just tell me right now, am I dying?" He goes, "What?" I, I want to know now if I'm dying. Don't wait till the end of the call. He goes, no, no, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. You're, you're fine. You're fine. He, and he goes through the whole thing, you know, that you, know, you don't have diabetes. You don't have, uh, you're not anemic. Your kidneys are in great shape. Your liver's great. Your blood cholesterol, everything's great. Uh, just a little low on the thyroid. I suggest a supplement for that and stay away from gluten. And uh, you're a little low on vitamin D, so I'm going to give you a supplement for that. But all around A+. Plus. So I'm like, I thought, like, oh, yeah. It's like, a, it's like when you hear that, 
your whole mood just changes. I recommend everybody out there, and, and some of you might be like me and are scared of going to the doctor, but go to the doctor. Uh, good or bad, you got to go. It's preventative. Like Pete says, you don't wait till your oil is out in your car to go get it filled. Go in now. Get shit checked out. Highly recommend it. Just leave your undershorts on. I couldn't agree more, man. And, I, and, and you know, I'm, I'm so glad that's the outcome you had from that, bro, because there is, you know, and I wish this for everybody in the world. I know you do, too, but there is no better feeling when you step out of a doctor's office with a clean bill of health. I mean, if there is ever any other reason to, like, you know, go have a cigarette, do a hit, do a shot, <laughs> whatever it is your poison is, man, as soon as you come out of the doctor with a clean bill of health, that's the first thing. Go treat yourself. Get that donut. Go get it. <laughs> Good for you, bro. Glad yeah. to hear it. Now, and is this, so I'm saying, is this going to be the doctor moving forward? Oh, yeah, is this, this is the one? guy. This is the guy. Yeah, this is the guy. Great you know? bedside manner, the way he described it. His voice is even soothing. You know, even if he did, God forbid, told me, listen, you've only got two days to go. He talks in a manner where, you know, he's like, hello, Sebastian, just want to just wanna read off your results here. Uh, your, your blood cholesterol level, excellent, excellent, good and bad. Uh, your liver function, tremendous. You know, like, like, wow. Even if this guy yeah. had bad news, I said, all right. Where, you know, yeah. You, you got a recommendation on a funeral hall? <laughs> yeah, man. Well, everybody loves a doctor that's got the good news too. So that's glad. Yeah. Man. So that's that. Um, what else we got? I mean, this is well been two weeks here, man. Now, you're in Montreal. Did you go out last night? No, no. I, uh, I'm i still working out what I'm doing at the gala, for the gala, for your show. Yeah. Well, we're all doing seven minutes. Uh, I'm keeping it. I got it down. I'm, I'm not doing anything. Um, I'm, I'm doing, well, you don't care what I'm doing anyway. But anyway, I'm just talking about the peanuts and some other stuff like that. But we're all, everyone doing the gala, well, at least like Tammy Pascatelli's doing it with us, right? Yeah. So she was on a show with me last night, and I got to meet her for the first time. Dude, she is so cool, man. So right. funny on stage also, also very, very funny, but just so cool. Really yeah. like her a lot. Real nice. So and Tom Rhodes was on the show. He's one of my favorites always. And um, so, yeah, so that was that last night. But then Tammy was like, we're going out if you want to come. But I, got, I, had to, I had to get some sleep besides... I got a big thing here, man. We, uh, we got this big presentation for people who may not know what's going on. I'm out here in Montreal. Sebastian's coming tomorrow. He's got a gala, that uh, a TV taping where we have comics come on, and I'm one of the comics coming on. George, uh, George Wallace, Tammy Pascatelli, a few others, and then Saturday night I'm opening for Regan, Brian Regan, somewhere else. But then in the meantime, Sebastian gets uh, awarded the Comedian of the Year award. And the presentation's tomorrow, uh, 3.30, red carpet, bro. Um, are you going? You're not going tuxedo, are you? Uh, suit. Suit. Okay, cool. Yeah. Got a suit. Uh, and I don't, got, even, I, I, I don't yeah. even have my speech done. I, I don't even know what to say. Well, I, I got mine down because mine was great. The guy sent me the thing today, the, the two to three minutes max. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, which, yeah, because I'm not, you know, I got a couple things in mind to say. And then we watch a little video with you. And then uh, you go up. I don't know. 
how long you go or what you plan on doing. Do you have any idea? I don't idea? know, man. I mean, you do the thanks, right? Do you thank? I like to thank uh, you know, Levity. I like to thank the UTA, my wife, the father, the whole thing. Do we do that? Yeah, who's who's coming on your end? Other than uh, Lon is coming, right? Uh, Lon is coming. Uh, my father's coming. Uh, my mother's, oh, nice. My, yeah, my father will be there. My mother's not going to be there. She's upset that she's not going, but I know she listens to the cast. Mom, you will be thanked. Um, yeah, and then, you know, just like, you know, the Mazzilli brothers, Judy's going to be there, the agents. I mean, do you? it's only supposed to be two minutes. It's going to be about a minute of thanking people. But then, yeah, like, what's the message here? Like, I don't know where to go with it. Like, where do you well, go Well, I got with an this? idea for a good message for you, but I can't give it to you because it's the message I'm using in the presentation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but, I mean, you know what the message is. I don't know. Is it one of those, like, hey, you know, I, uh, you know I've been doing this 18 years, and uh, you know, is, I, never, I never was a new face. You know, at the Montreal, there was new faces. I never, you know, made it into any of that stuff. I, I, I don't even know what to say. Well, you'll figure it out, man. Just it'll come from the heart. Uh, yeah. I, it's the real question is: Do you feel you need to say something funny, or do you think you can just do your thanks and say what you was feeling in your heart and leave it at that? Or as a comedian, do you feel like there's an obligation to try and make it funny? Yeah, I tend to go serious on these things. I mean, I might say something uh, in in the spur of the moment that might be funny, but I'm not going to sit here and go. So I, uh, Montreal, uh, you know, did you guys go get some poutine? Uh, you know, what I, 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 I do that. <laughs> well, then there's no pressure, man. Then you're just speaking from the heart. You make sure you thank who you want to thank. Uh, don't forget lovely, lovely Rose. I wish she was going to be there. That's Sebastian's mom. Um, and, uh, that's it, man. I mean... I'll, I'll be if I was in the audience, I'd be like, oh, "That wasn't very funny." What the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm really only kidding, dude. Besides, keep in mind too, they're going to show clips of you, so you, that's yeah. the funny anyway. That's right there. Yeah. And then you know you got comedian, and then you have someone. I don't want to give it away. as being comedy person of the year, and then there is a generation award for uh, Judd Apatow. So Why, is, uh, is yeah. the comedy? Uh, a comedian. Wait, what's the one? Comedy the person of the year. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. That that's you could say that. That's public. Oh, you can. Yeah, yeah. Aziz, right? Aziz yeah. Ansari. Yeah. And then there is a breakout comedy person of the year. Yeah. So there's a lot going on too. So you know, this thing is. Uh, uh, we'll see. I'm I'm curious to see what other people do or say up there. It should be fun though. A little oh. red carpet action. A little red carpet. Yeah. It, Whatever anybody else says, that could adjust my speech. You ever, you ever in the audience, right? Uh, this could have been in school or it could have been wherever where you have to speak, but other people are speaking before you. Maybe a book report. This happened to me when I was in school a lot. People would go up with the book report, right? And, hey, this, and I'm, in, I'm, in the, uh, I'm in the audience listening to the book report and I'm going, hmm, wait till I get up. I'm going to blow these people away. You ever do that? Oh, yeah, man. Or do you ever see what they do as a speech and you go, oh, man, I got to 
I gotta pick it up a notch here. Either well, way, okay. yeah. Either way, it could go where there's per- someone who's really prepared, or there's somebody who's like not prepared, and you go, "All right, I'm fine. I'm good. Mine's gonna be good." Yeah. Do you think oh, so you, yeah. whoever presents before you is going to determine or change what you're going to do? Or you're going in head first, whatever happens before you, you're sticking to your guns. I'm sticking to my guns, except I, you know, I got to be careful with that New York, uh, you know, the edge. Of, we, you know, you got it too. If somebody goes up before me and does some incredible thing, skit or some shit, <laughs> I, I, am, I am liable to go up there and say something like, uh, I would have put together a skit, but I actually have been doing stand-up and writing lately, so I don't have time to. Yeah, like, like you know, then my, like I take a dig at it, like tone it down, guy. Holy <laughs> shit. You know, is this your set for the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's not going to sway what I'm doing, man, because I just I'm, I just know you. So it's just coming from me to you. It's not like, you know, I just, you know, I'm someone who doesn't know you and I'm trying to figure it out. And you know, this is yeah. going to be great, dude. It's going to be fun. Yeah, so I'm I, looking forward to it. We're going to What do you uh, get? Is it a trophy? You're holding it up like an Oscar or some shit? I don't know. Hold on. I got I got a doorbell right here. One sec. Hold on. Would you sing the Battle Hymn of the Republic with me? Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Alright, while Sebastian takes this moment to go answer the door of his hotel room, I want to introduce a clip to you, okay? With both conventions finally wrapped up, I'm not saying I'm voting for Big T, but I am so sick of watching the news. And every time Trump says something, the media exaggerates it and, and bends it to, to make him look like he said something and did something he didn't do. It just, I mean, let it at least be a fair shot, would you? Luckily, I got a real good buddy of mine who's got a real good podcast that deals with this kind of stuff. And over the next couple of shows, he's going to be kind enough to share a few examples of where things Trump has said and done have get exaggerated and swayed to be something that they weren't. Without further ado, here's a buddy of mine, Michael Loftus, and he'll take it from here. And I know we're not really a political show, and if you don't like the clip, just relax. It's three minutes long. I like it. And there you go. Later. By the way, this no way in any shape reflects on Sebastian Maniscalco's political side. I don't know who he's voting for. He doesn't even know I'm throwing this in. But here it is. Hey, you guys, it's Michael Loftus here. I am the host of The Loftus Party. It's a political comedy podcast. You got to check it out. It's great for me to be here with Pete and Sebastian. I've been wrangled as to be the official Trump translator. That's going to be my job here for the next few weeks as we get closer to the election. There's a lot of craziness going on about Donald Trump, a lot of half-truths, a lot of lies, but mostly there's a lot of wonderful things about DT. That's what I call him. I call him DT, Donald Trump. People are like, how can you support him? It's super easy, okay? The guy is a lot of fun. What amazes me about the guy is how he can cut right to the issue. One of my favorites. Elizabeth Warren. She's this big liberal senator. She gets so angry at the corruption and she gets so angry at the lies. Now, a while back, Elizabeth Warren was trying to get a job at Harvard and she lied. She lied and said that she was Native American, which she isn't, but she used it. 
She got the job at Harvard, and her little lie got her ahead. So now Donald Trump calls her Pocahontas. That's what I love about this guy. It took me so long to explain that story. Elizabeth Warren, she was at Harvard. She lied. She said she was native. Donald Trump does that all with one word, Pocahontas, Pocahontas. He tells the whole story with one word. It's great. So whenever Donald Trump calls her Pocahontas, now you know what he's talking about. See, that's all what I'm going to do. Every week I'll be coming by and walk you through some of these great Trumpisms, like lying crooked Hillary. But hey, if I got to walk you through lying crooked Hillary, you need help. All the lies she told her about her private email, if that doesn't convince you that she's lying crooked Hillary, then I don't know how I'm going to help you. But I'll try every week. And try saying it. Lying crooked Hillary. It's fun to say. Hillary. So I'm Michael Loftus, host of the Loftus Party. Get back to Pete and Sebastian. They're great at this stuff. I'll see you guys next week. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, by the way, there's another thing here I saw in the brochure. You were on this thing called the Roast Battle with Jeff Ross? I was supposed to do that, but then... I checked back in and I wasn't a part of it. Why are you doing it? No, I'm not doing it. But I was. What exactly is it? Okay, it started out in Los Angeles at the Comedy Store in the Belly Room. And All right, that thing you've brought up before on the cast. Okay. Yeah, it's it's hosted by Jeff Ross, and they they rip each other to shreds. Two comedians. You were gonna subject yourself to that? No, I was gonna judge. Oh, 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 okay. I was going to say, I just don't see you standing there and letting someone do that. It's like, what? No, 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 no. Yeah, so um, so listen, I got to tell you, man, uh, last Saturday, you, you got to talk about it. This is a horror. So last uh, Friday, I played the Comedy Cellar and stuff. And, you know, I got to take the train an hour in and then take a subway to get down there and um, so coming home, I'm, I'm burning it at both ends, man, right? Because I got Jackie and Sadie out there, and I want to spend time with them. And So I get home at like 2.33 in the morning, and at 8.30 in the morning, we're going to go to this water park on Long Island called Splish Splash. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I don't know when the last time you've ever done a water park. Can you, can you even recall? I could recall I did a water park in 2003 in Las Vegas, wet and wild. All right, about 13 years ago. Yeah. So, so first of all, I call up the day before, and I find out that like the literally the parking lot sells out. The place sells out, so you got to get there early, and it opens at 10. So I tell Jackie first. I go to Sadie, and I'm like, "Hey." What about going to the beach again? Remember with the waves? You want to do that instead? And she's like, totally. No, I want to do the water parking, man. She's at that age now, bro, where you make them a promise. You got to be careful. I, mm. I, I've learned now that I could book Disney World for her. I'm not going to tell her till that morning when she wakes up. I'm like, get your bag. We're going to Disney World. <laughs> because the minute you say something, you, you, you're bound to it because it means everything to the kid. So I tell Jackie we got to go really early. We get there so early that like there's a line of cars to get in bro it's fucking insanity <laughs> so we parked the car and now you're on line waiting to get in and it doesn't open till 10 o'clock and it's like literally nine o'clock and it's like 87 degrees and i am not saying this any i'm, I'm uh, negatively or anything i'm just stating the facts the place was 
I would say 98% Puerto Rican people. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, nice people, no problems. Just, I'm just stating the fact. I mean, we stood out like you can't even imagine, man. Yeah. And we're all online waiting to get in. We finally go in. Next thing you know, you're waiting on another line for a half hour just to get your locker to put your shit in. Oh, God, the locker. Oh, the locker. Then I got the plastic thing around my neck. That has a, it's like a little, an oversized toothbrush uh, case, it looks like. And you, it's to put your money in and, and anything like that so it doesn't get wet. And I got it dangling around my neck with no shirt on, flip flops. Uh, you know, oh, and we're like the only three white people in this place. It's a mob scene, dude. This is what's pissing me off. It's like, you know, it's now officially sold out. And it's like, it's 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 fucking insane. You go to go on a line. We had to wait one hour to ride a ride that went like two minutes, maybe. Oh, yeah, what a joke. So so at one point, man. Now it's all right, but we're trying to make the most of it. We had some fun in the baby pool with her and stuff. Now we're online for this ride, and it's about an hour long wait, and it's like ninety five degrees, and there's a couple of girls with their dad. There's a lot of Chinese people there too, but it was just insanely packed, and we're all online. And then I hear I hear the two girls go, "Let's go over here." And they go to get off the line, and the one girl goes, "I just gotta, I just gotta." And the next thing you know, she slowly lays down, puts her head back, and now she's completely passed out on the hard cement, right where people walk around her to go get on this line. <sighs> and she's just laying there, and her girlfriend is just standing over, her, and they're they're both about 14 years old. And my wife and me and Jackie are looking at him. I'm about to go help, but like, I'm like, is she playing or is she like a half faint? What is that? And then all of a sudden, the father turns around, man. And you know, in hindsight, it's funny, but in the, in the moment, it's not to see the look on a father when he sees the daughter. Like he literally goes, "Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Fuck!" And then he's like cl- climbing over the bars to get to her, and he's almost to her, but his one foot is stuck in the chain, and he can't get it out from the bottom. And he's going, "What the fuck? What the fuck?" And he's shaking it so hard that you're like, "Ah, you're never gonna get it out that way. Calm the fuck. What the fuck?" And he breaks free and he runs over. And he just kind of, he's hovering over his daughter. But me and Jackie are like, hey, fucking pick her up. What are you doing? Then another foreign guy, like a Russian guy, he's like, she needs water. She needs water. So he jumps out of the line, and there's no water anywhere. So, you know, there's bushes, like these big evergreen bushes. And behind them is part of the ride comes through there. You know, it's an area they don't want you to go to. So this big Russian guy, he jumps through the bushes, and he takes his hand, and he's scooping water out of the... The chute, the, the, the log flume, as it comes down, he's scooping water out, and he's trying to run back with the cup water, but he can't get through the bushes without putting his, ha- without putting his hands up, and if he does, he's going to lose all the water. So he's charging through like a bull, head first through the bushes. By the time he gets to the girl, he's got like a fucking thimble of water, and, and he just sprinkles it on her, and then he runs back. He's doing this like four times, and it's like, what is going on? And then finally... You know, medical help comes over, and they just have a ton of water, and they're giving her water. And of course, she's fine. You know, I think she's gonna be fine. They're carrying her away. Everything's calmed down, and now the line is moving forward. And this dude and his girlfriend—they got to be like late twenties, early thirties—they go to cut in front of me, Jackie, and Sadie. 
I'm so pissed at everything going on, bro. I look at the guy and I go, I go, yo, what, dude, what the fuck? What the fuck? And, he, and, and, he, and he's looking at me confused. And I, I look at him, I go, are you fucking, and I whisper Cassese, I go, are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? You're cutting? You know, because everything goes on. And, and, and he's having trouble getting it out. I don't know why, but then finally he looks at me, he's like, I was there. I just got off the help. And then the girlfriend leads over and she goes, we got off to help out over there. And, and, they, and they did, and I didn't notice that. I was so embarrassed. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, well, thank, that's very nice. You go ahead, go ahead. What the fuck? Oh, God. Man, you're quick to jump, man. Oh, man. And then you get up to the top, and I, I, I have to tell you this part. There's a big, big raft, and you all climb in. It holds like four or five people. And if you don't have enough people, you got to share with another group of people. So it was only me, Jackie, and Sadie, and I'm like, I don't want to share a raft. Your feet are next to other people. And I look at the guy online in front of us, another white dude like me. We got the worst skin, right? He fucking, I look down at his feet, bro. His feet, the skin on both feet is peeled all the, like, uh, right. Like, if he put his foot down on the oh ground. Oh, God. It's a skirt of hanging skin <laughs> going all around. You know when old older women uh, wear those old bathing suits that have the little frock around the waist that dangles around? Like that little curtain almost? Yeah. That's what was around his both feet, all dead skin. Oh, God. And I look at Jackie and I'm like, that's getting in your boat with you. How you doing? <laughs> you ready for that? <laughs> <laughs> So luckily we got a raft by ourselves, bro, but it's just so nasty, those parks and then all that shit, man. Oh, God damn it. Did you get in with the guy? No, we got to go on our own raft, I was saying, but, you know. Oh. And, and you you could pay, here's the, this place is such bull, oh, there was another thing, too, with a guy, there was a parrot show. So we're going to go do the parrot show, figure there won't be a line for that. I'm dying, I can barely keep my eyes open. We go sit in this little area. And the guy comes out of the curtain. He's got to be like late 50s, white, fuzzy hair. And uh, he's like, hey, welcome, everybody. I've been performing here for 25 years since it opened. And I'm still using the same birds I always... And as the show starts, one of his parakeets climbs up a wire uh, over all of our heads, gets to the top of the wire, and there's a string and a flag and the parrot just keeps grabbing the string and pulling it down with his beak until the flag is all the way up and it says welcome to the show and then the parrot flies back over us and lands on the guy's shoulder <laughs> and then he's got like five birds and they ride bicycles and all this shit and like me and Jackie the whole time are like you ever do it where you're like where do you live dude <laughs> Are you married? I mean, like, if you're at a bar and a chick says, what do you do? You're like, I fucking do the parrot show and splish splash. <laughs> right, man? Live? Isn't that shit fascinating? Oh, man. You see people like that and you got to wonder what they're doing when they're not doing that. Yeah, they got to be weird all the time, right? You don't just put the parrots away and go home and you're like Joe Normal, right? I don't know. I mean, do they have friends like if i was doing that and i had buddies my buddies going what are you doing with these birds like is there any of that back and forth or does the family go the mother call and go how's your day and he go oh you know the, had a good show with the birds don't don't the mother or father go what the fuck 
fuck are you doing? I, I don't know, right? I would have to think that they go, at that point, you know, thank God he found something to fucking wackadoo. Like, right? I mean, there, there was, it's not like you're a cool guy. Like, you and I are relatively cool, normal guys. We're never going to go to our dad's and go, I'm into birds. I'm going to have a bird show. <laughs> I think, I think as a parent, you see that coming. Like, by 10 years old, you go to your wife, buckle down. This kid could do anything from birds to fucking clown. I have no idea. This no, but like, don't, don't, if you saw that in Sadie, let's say she's yeah. eight, nine years old, right. and she was going down that path, as a parent, don't you go, oh, oh, let's redirect here. Get a violin in this kid's hand or something. I mean, I yes, I, 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 my, I growing up, my dad had a friend. One of the sons was into magic, but like way into magic. Like go to magic conventions and magic shops, and when you'd see him, like one time I went to my brother's basketball game and they came. He was doing magic tricks for me in the on the bleacher seats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing where I was thinking to myself, "Oh, do you, somebody's got to shut this down," <laughs> you know. I mean, where are you going with this, right? Don't even go down this road. Don't, I know where this road leads. It leads into the, you know, the back room of a goddamn Red Lobster. Uh, <laughs> right? Doing a private party for a fucking bar mitzvah, guy. What are you thinking? Okay, well, this, is a, this is a great segue into where I went on um, Saturday afternoon. Uh, I went to Comic-Con uh, for right. Funny or Die. We did this little sketch. Do you know what Comic-Con is? I know what Comic-Con is, yes. Okay. Well, we thought, or I thought it would be a good idea to go down there and do kind of like a documentary type thing, three-minute little uh, video of these people who go to these events. Now, I went with the attitude like we're talking right now. Like, the fuck? People dressing up like cartoons? And, and comic book characters, like, I couldn't get my head around it. And I was going to kind of poke fun at it. But as I'm there and I'm talking to these people, the nicest people you've ever want to meet. Like, the guy is dressed up as Deadpool. Do you know who that is? Yeah. Yes, of course. Full mask. He's got nunchucks hanging out of his backpack. The whole thing. And he's got a couple Deadpool heads with him, like just the head. Mm-hmm. And I go, what's this? And he goes, well, I have a fan club, and what we do is um, we donate the Deadpool heads to kids with cancer. And I'm like, talking to a fully grown man in a Deadpool costume... And he's donating heads to people with cancer, and I'm going to rip this guy to shreds? I thought you'd at least say, maybe you should donate him to kids with small dicks. Because <laughs> that seems to be a, a bigger concern of yours is the theme of this show. Forget the cancer. What about the kids with the little nubs? <laughs> hey, listen, that is a kind gesture by this guy in a Deadpool outfit. And I'm sure the parrot guy from Splish Splash is a nice guy, too. Yeah. But it doesn't make it any less weird. I know. And I and I was trying to get inside these people's heads. I'm like, all right, like, you come to these Comic-Con things, but you got a group of friends you hang out with that do other things? For example, like on Saturday, do you got a bunch of guys going golfing? And you go, sorry, guy, that, 
I gotta go get in my Deadpool outfit and hit the Comic Con. Like I, I don't know, yeah. man. I, I, they seem like very. Uh, they're like alone. A lot of these people that went there were were, were alone, and then yes. they just meet people there. Yes, man. I mean, you know, how many pe- people are that into it on that level that you you know you know in your everyday life, but. I'm sure when they get there, those are their closest friends. Like, they're probably on Facebook. Jerry, you going to Comic-Con? Of course I'm going. I'm bringing the Deadpool. Oh, my God, I'll bring some heads. Right? Like, I mean, that's... So, but you you going in there with that attitude is like, you know, I mean, come on. That's that's their thing. That's the thing. You're going to go in there and make fun of it? So how did it all play out? I mean, we had to, you know... I didn't want to come off as an asshole because you could very well look like an asshole if, you know, these, you know, these are kids. They're... Some of our kids, some of them are like couples. There was a couple, there was a father there and the daughter dressed up. I go, what is this, running the family? I mean, the father's <laughs> yeah. dressed up as some, like, uh, Viking, and his daughter's, like, dressed up as, like, a kitty cat or something. I don't know, some some weird comic strip. So I go, I couldn't even see the father's face because he had one of those, like, um... It looked like a a mask, but you could see his eyes. Over his mouth, he had some like weird, almost uh, like Silence of the Lambs vibe. Yeah. And I couldn't tell how old he was, so I go, you guys dating? He goes, no, it's my daughter. I go, daughter? Like, could you imagine your father dressing up like this? I mean, oh, and then man. I, if your father came home dressed up as a werewolf... On a Saturday night, and then Sunday told you to take out the garbage. Does that don't hold any weight anymore? Does it? Ninety-five percent of the time, I looked at my father as a child. He was in a suit. Yeah, (laughs) a real suit with a tie. You know, never. You know, and on weekends he'd put on a shorts or a bathing suit. But if he ever got into a costume. I'd be like, oh, God. I'd be like, Mom, what's wrong with Dad? Did he fall off the ladder or something? <laughs> I'm sorry. What's your dad? Normally dresses up as a werewolf. He loses all credibility. You just, you cannot be the authoritative figure in the household when you got about six or seven costumes hanging up in your closet. I, I just think you lose all credibility. Ah, you know, know these kids, they love it too, and it's cool. I get to do this with my dad. What do we know, man? What do we know, right? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, it, was a, it was a good experience. It was packed. I mean, 20, 25,000 people walking around a uh, big convention hall. They're spilled outside. Uh, the guy that was my chaperone who was dressed up picked up a girl. I... I in, a, in an outfit, and she you couldn't even really see her. She had, like, just her eyes, and he picked her up. And I go, man, you just picked her up without kind of even, like, seeing what she looked like? You know, what if she takes the head off? And then, holy... I mean, he goes, hey, man, no, yeah. we, we have a connection. She's, you know, she really likes this character, and I like my... Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. You never know. You get back to your hotel room, pull the mask off. Maybe she's stunning and she's just like, you earned it, baby. You know? So, yeah, but, dude, I got to say, the, the, the dad in the costume with the daughter is a little off-putting. Yeah, it's a little off, man. I'm sorry. I mean, what does the wife and the mother say? Oh, again, you two? I don't know. I, I, maybe it's me. 
No, I mean the minute the minute I'm ever out with Sadie at some point down the line, and it's never going to happen ever. But if someone ever mistook her for like my my lover, oh. I would inst I would instantly evaluate why that happened. I mean, is my, is my daughter dressing provocatively? What like what is it? And and I would change that behavior, right? The minute you're in costume with your daughter. And you walk up and go, are you, what'd you say, you guys a couple or something yeah, like that? Yeah, he's dating. You dating? I, I, I mean, I'd be like, hon, we got to go take the costumes <laughs> off. Let's go. It's ridiculous. I was, I was hiking once with my family. It's funny. It was me, Jackie, and her parents, and we were in Maine, and we're hiking, and we're going, um, down, this hi- we're going down this hill, and, this, and as we're going down, we're passing a guy and his daughter, and she's about, I'd say about 13, man. And they're uh, making their way up the hill, and it's really hot out. And she has no shirt on, all right? She's mm-hmm. in shorts. And so I, I think I had no shirt on. My father-in-law was, like, that hot. But she had no shirt on. And as we're coming down, she's got her hands over her chest area. Uh, she's not even developed yet or anything like that. She was that young. But she's saying to her father as we pass her, she goes, Oh, my God, Dad, I'm so embarrassed. Can I please have my shirt back now? And we just kept going past her. And then when we got past her, I look up at Jackie. I go, did the father, like, take the shirt and, like, say I'll give it back when I feel like it? What, what, what did I just hear right there? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that weird, dude? Can I please have my shirt back now, yeah, Dad? Know. What the fuck that is. So, anyway, I can't wait till you're a father, man. It's going to be uh, something I else. I mean, what are you going to do when your daughter wants to go to one of these fungus Foot infected, nasty places. There's no, there's no separate place yeah. for other people to go. You, that's the, those are. That's it. You go there, and and can we talk about how your foot gets that way with this skirt of skin? Is that something that when you're getting into the shower, maybe you're sitting on the toilet and you look down at your feet? Don't you notice that and go, wow, that's I got to take care of that, like. Yeah, don't it? you notice that and say, I'm not going to go to a water park right now? <laughs> I mean, it's disgusting. Oh, so, God, man. Anyway, anyway, I guess that's it. Uh, what, um, what, oh, I just got to tell you this one quick story. Yeah, I, I got a number of time. I, I, I found a guy to cut my hair. I've been looking for a new guy because uh, my guy is too busy. So we found this guy right down the street where we live, and I gotta tell you, this this guy's name is Tim, and I paid the most I've ever paid for a haircut. It's almost embarrassing to tell you really? how much I paid for this haircut. We can you gonna tell him that? I don't know. Nah, I don't nah, know. If you don't I, I don't know if I should tell you, but I gotta you tell you, yeah, best haircut I've ever had. And not only that, with the price of the haircut, you get to come in in between haircuts for a complimentary cleanup. You know, you know, like after two and a half, three weeks, your hair starts. You know, maybe the neck starts to grow. Maybe around yeah. the ears. This guy takes it all off free of charge. Free of charge, yeah. Well, except you know for the amount you get up from. Yeah, but, so it's like paying for two haircuts in one shot. You know, 
Does he do it like one of those guys that's like real slow, almost pulling almost one hair at a time, seemingly? Uh, no, he's not slow, but he's very methodic in the way he very, very precise in his way he cuts the hair. Plus, I came in with photos. I don't know if you've ever done that. You ever go in with a photo and go, make me, give me that hairstyle. No? Or is your hairstyle your hairstyle till you die? My hairstyle tends to be Jackie's mood in the sense that, like, she cut my hair to come to Montreal. And I was really busy and I, I hadn't had time to cut it. And it was really a lot of hair. And I was, you know, doing the writing and stuff. So it was like the night before I was coming to Montreal, and she's like, I still have to cut your hair, so it's now or never. It's now or never. Get in the kitchen and, you know, wet it, and I go in the kitchen and I sit on, like, a stool. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll just get it done in Montreal. You, you're frazzled. I, and she's like, guy, just sit down. I'll cut the hair. And, and then Sa Sadie, Sadie, just play with the thing, Sadie, play. So I'm like, oh, she's not in a good – like, when she's in a – got time and she's in a good mood, she takes more time. Yeah. But she, but she, but she cut it this time, and she cut it quick. Then I go in the bathroom, and it's too too. She didn't cut enough across the top, across the middle, and I got a skinny head. So now it's even skinny, and I almost have a pompadour. So now <laughs> I go, I go. You gotta fix this, Jack. I mean, I can't go like this. So now I gotta go back in. But we already cleaned up. So now I'm leaning over the kitchen sink, bending down oh, in the light, man. and she's just getting the the last <laughs> last. The, and she'd cut it and land in the sink, and then I look, and I'm like, that's good. So yeah, no, I that's. That's the haircut I go. I don't I go... Don't know, uh man. Well, I never got a haircut and was staring at uh, asparagus tips from the dinner <laughs> we just ate. <laughs> but, I mean, come on, man. Honestly, if your old man cut your hair, and I know he's great at it, would you really notice the difference at the end of the day from, yeah, from the... Yeah, you do, man. You do. And this guy, I'm telling you right now, I'm changing my style. And this is the guy who's going to do it. So I'm in transition right now. i got to let it grow a little bit to where we want to start really working with it. But You're going to let it grow a little longer and then do some stuff, have some fun with it? Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. It's fun Sounds time. good, man. It's I can't fun. wait to see you, bro. We're going to have a good time. Yeah, we'll be there in Montreal. That's tomorrow, uh, Friday night. Pete and I will be performing on the same show. This is a first for us, right? We've never been part of the same comedy show. Oh, no, we have. On the on the Toronto and the, the Canadian tour we did. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. the first time we met, and uh, since the first time we met, this will be it, yeah. All right, so that's this. Uh, do you want to plug any shows? Uh, well, yeah, I got Gotham in October, and, um, you know, I, I go to PeteCorielli.com, but... If you're in Montreal, uh, like I said, Friday night with Sebastian, Saturday with Brian Regan, should be fun. And I and uh, some of the scripts are coming in for the for the Kevin James show, man. Whoa, these guys know that shit. This shit's funny. It's gonna be good. I think it's gonna be a big hit. There you have it. There you have it. Uh, thanks for listening to the show, and we will see you next week. What are you plugging? You're not plugging anything? I'd like I'm, to hear where you're going to be. I am plugging... Uh, where am I tonight? Well, tonight doesn't matter. Uh, Saturday night, I will be at Hampton Beach Casino Ballroom in New Hampshire. And then August 14th, I'll be at the Matalvo Art Center in Saratoga, California. So get your tickets nice. at SebastianLive.com. And we are out. All right. Good hanging, bro. Take care. 
The show has ended. And thank God I didn't do this, bro. There's a song of his from his first album that no one would know, but there's a great bridge in the song where he goes, Oh my, I'm going to the river, gonna take a ride, and the Lord will deliver me. And it's his whole thing, and nobody knows it but me. And I'm like, I wonder if I went up and recited that to him right now. <laughs> if he'd be like, we need to do coffee. <laughs> you know? <laughs>